Good morning. Is this on? Yes. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, my name is Johnny Reeve, one of the pastors here. Um, I don't often preach, nor am I over there doing music things, so I feel a little out of place as I do when I'm here. But I'm excited to be able to open up the Word of God with you this morning. But we're going to do something a little different this morning. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you the honest truth. We were going through the Ten Commandments, right, for our series. Today's Mother's Day. It happened to be, do not commit adultery. <laughs> right. That felt like not the move. Um, so I, I audibled. Uh, so we're going to be talking about motherhood this morning. Also, just uh, kind of going off of Pat's prayer this morning, I recognize that today can be very loaded for people, right? Um, I don't think I always realized that, especially when I was younger, but to, to realize that um, first, for mothers that are here, motherhood is complicated and it's hard and it's beautiful and wonderful. So that in and of itself can be loaded, but then the fact that um, we have complicated relationships with our mothers, some of us, uh, some of us have lost our mothers, some of us want to be mothers uh, and have not yet been able to, some of us have lost children, uh, so it can be a painful reminder of that as you're here. And so I'm just trying to encourage you, while we're going to be talking about motherhood, and that can be very difficult for you, I'm not trying to step on you as we talk about this, right? That's not my intent at all. Uh, but this morning, I do want to talk about and honor the mothers in our lives and talk about uh, motherhood in general. And I want to almost start at the end, um, where my hope is that you'll see that motherhood is found in the heart of God, right? This calling to be a mother and to walk that out uh, is, is not just something we made up. And then we're just, society was like, hey, we need to come up with this calling, and we're going to give it all sorts of different characteristics. And um, it's found in the heart of God. We can see uh, that God embodies this perfectly. And it's actually something I've been thinking about this week that's very unique, is oftentimes God the Father, we think about God in masculine terms. But then you actually see a lot of different places in Scripture where God identifies in these maternal, motherly ways. And so for us to understand that the calling that mothers have comes from God because he made them in his image. He embodies that perfectly, and then he calls you into that as a mother. Um, so even though, you know, like all callings, we can't do that perfectly, we point to uh, our Heavenly Father, we point to God who can do those things perfectly and is at work in us to bring that about. So that's what I want you to see. I've already, the cat's out of the back, right? I want you to see that, but we're going to talk about a lot of different characteristics for um, that mothers are, that are found in the heart of God, that God embodies perfectly. But the reason I wanted to talk about it is because motherhood is this just big, complex, complicated calling, right? Uh, it can be hard and full of sufferings and missteps and uh, confusion and pain, but it also is beautiful and wonderful uh, and full of joy. And it's ironic, too, that I'm saying all these things and I'm a dude, right? I don't, I don't know what it means to be a mother, right? It's something I've never experienced. I'll never experience. I just won't. Um, but I've seen it. I have a mother. Hi, Mom. I think she's watching. Um, and I have a wife who is the mother of our children. So I see it all the time. I have experience in that. Um, there's so much asked of the mothers in our lives, too. So I wanted to really hopefully recenter like what it is that God is actually calling us to do uh, in motherhood, right? So they're asked of a lot. They have to 
give up their bodies and birth children. They have to nurture and teach children. Right? They often run the house and the family. They have jobs and careers, and then they have to give those jobs and careers up for a time, and then hopefully go, you know, maybe go back into them. Uh, they carry the weight of sexuality that culture puts on them as well. There's so many different things that are put on uh, mothers to carry. So how do they do this? Again, this is what I want to show us all, because we all are operating in callings, even though not all of us are mothers, that those callings are found in the heart of God. Um, yes, so um, we're going to look at four things, four categories, right? They're all C's. I did a good job, right? Yes. All right, so mothers create. Mothers have, let's see, i got to get this right. Mothers create, mothers have compassion. Mothers give comfort. Mothers are connected, right? All C's. We're going to look through all those things. And mothers do these things like God. God does them perfectly. Right? So the first one is create. So like God, mothers give life. And we understand this first just literally, right? Mothers bring life into the world. Uh, even in Genesis 3.20, Eve, right, of, that is of Adam and Eve, uh, her name means the mother of all living, right? Bringing life into the world. Um, and this is seen also in God's character, right? In John 1.3, says that all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. It's a weird way to say that. But nothing was made that God didn't make, right? He's the creator of all things. And Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. So, so mothers get to play in this eternality of bringing life into the world that God gives them. Like, what a calling that is. I don't know, I just, even as parents, you think about this, but you're bringing a human being with a soul into the world. God gives part of that calling to mothers to, to bring life into the world literally. That's, that's heavy, but it's beautiful. Um, the next is that mother, within this idea of mothers giving life, they give life by breathing life into their children. Right? They encourage them, they cheer them on, they pick them up, uh, they dream with them. I was thinking about this uh, just even in terms of like my family. I'm going to give a lot of examples about my wife, sorry, the mother I see, and then my own mother, um, because these are the mothers in my life um, most closely. Um, but I saw this even when our kids were really little, is I'm wired, as most guys are, kind of black and white, right? So when the kids were playing, I would sort of just like scoot behind them and like clean it up. So they'd be like, you know, playing with rattles, and I'd be like, okay, let's get those back over here. And, um, but she got on their level, Right? She would play with them. <sighs> I'm, just, I'm really black and white, right? So like, I was laughing with um, uh, Michael Paul, I think it was last week, we were talking about like, guys and girls as like, crayon colors. And guys are like the travel pack of five colors. Like, like, what color did you use? Green. I used green. And then you're like, what color did you use? And they're like, aubergine. And you're like, oh, what color? It's like purpley, right? I think, isn't that the British word for eggplant? I think. But you see, like, I've seen this in Jess as a mother. She just brings color when they were like, let's paint. She's like, yes, let's paint. Let's get messy. Let's do it. Let's go outside. Let's get dirty. Let's get on their level and play with them. So they, they do that. Mothers kind of breathe life into their children. Uh, Jesus does, it, does this as well. Um, in Psalm 104.30, 
says, when you send forth your spirit, they are created, and then you renew the face of the ground. You see this, like, this renewal, this building up, this refreshing kind of spirit that God gives, much like mothers, right? Uh, mothers also give life by giving of themselves. We already talked about this, but they give up of, literally of themselves, they give up their body. They give up their comfort. They give up their career. They give up their control, their future, their sleep. Side note, I read this. Um, 109 hours, up to 109 hours a day that mothers lose when they have a child. What? 100 and, I'm sorry, not hours, minutes. It doesn't make sense. Sorry. Uh, I saw they were like, what? Minutes. That's almost two hours a night. That's a lot of sleep. Anyway. They give up so much of themselves, right? Uh, and they do it willingly. They, they're just, yeah, jumping in, let's do this. And, and again, this is something, again, that we see in the life of God. I think about in Christ's advent, right? When he comes to earth, he gives up everything to take on the form of a servant, right? Philippians 2 says, uh, this is speaking of Christ to Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, made himself nothing. He gave up everything. Right? So this is the way where mothers are giving up so much of themselves to give life to their children and those around them that God embodies perfectly. Right? This is this calling of mothers to give of themselves is found in the heart of God who gives up everything for us to give us life. So create. Right? Create. Second, I'm going to be fighting with this thing all morning. I'm sorry. Uh, second is compassion. Like God, mothers have compassion for their children. Uh, mothers are deeply and emotionally invested in their children. And I love this word that kind of comes from this place of emotion. God describes himself this way, and I think we're a little bit uncomfortable with it, that God describes himself emotionally. And yet, I think you see that that's true. There's a passion that God has for us as his children. And in the same way, mothers are deeply and emotionally invested in the lives of their children. Uh, the Hebrew word for compassion is, I'm going I'm to butcher this, but rechom. And it's related to the word womb, which is rechem. And so this draws out this idea of deep nurture and connection and care that is, is in the core of a mother. It's almost like a gut instinct. It makes me think of my mom, she hasn't said this in a while, but she would often say this phrase, she would say, I bore you, right? So she, but she'd almost use it sarcastically, where we'd be like, how, how do you know uh, that we set off fireworks in the backyard? She's like, I bore you, I know, like, <laughs> right? How do you know that I had a bad day at work and you just called me to, like, she's like, I bore you, I know. There's a gut instinct that mothers have, and it's so similar to the... Uh, the, the, the broader scope of the knowledge that God has of us and the compassion that he has for us. Right, it's not just an emotion, but it's one that draws towards action, towards advocacy. Um, and you can actually see this in how Paul describes sharing the gospel, right? 1 Thessalonians 2. I've got to turn my page. It says, But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, it's powerful language. It wasn't just like, oh, we liked you, so we wanted to help you out. Like, we are affectionately desirous of you. We are ready to share not only the gospel, but our own selves, right? That's a picture of God 
and what he does for us, but it's also, you can see the calling of these given mothers to do that. They're affectionately desires for their children, so they don't just give them what they need, they give them of themselves as well. This, this idea of compassion. Uh, mothers are also passionate, so when we're talking about compassion, they're also passionate, just generally speaking, about their, mother, uh, about their children. Um, I remember, I must have been 10, almost Davis's age, and I got in like my first neighborhood fight we were playing with water balloons, and I'm sure you've done this where they never really, they don't pop. You just kind of assault somebody with a water balloon. You're sort of like slapping them from a distance far away. And so we were playing with some neighborhood boys, and I think somebody threw in it didn't pop, and it probably hit them in the face, and there's anger. And so this fight started to happen, and my mom came out. And my mom's a gentle, lovely, sweet woman, but like that was not the side of her I saw. She came out and was like, you're going to fight, you fight with me. There was lots of like gesturing and like, I was afraid just in general because it was a fight and I was like, am I going to be able to do this? But then she came out and I was just more afraid. Uh, but all of the children uh, ran away. And like, I mean, many stories I remember about my mom, but that one is like burned in my brain. Uh, she defended us. Like we were going to go fight with these boys and I don't know how it was going to go. Uh, but we didn't have to. She chased them all off. Uh, because she defended us, right? She was passionate about us. Like, she would have smushed all of them, for sure. I knew it. She had them, right? So it's not just this emotive word, compassion, passion. It's, it's one, again, that, that is forceful. It's focused. It's active. It's intentional. And this is also, again, seen in how God describes himself. Uh, there's a couple that, that made me uh, giggle just a little bit, but Hosea 13 describes God as this bear that's robbed of her cubs. And she's going to destroy them um, to get her children back. Right? This is prophetic language talking about God destroying the wicked and, and holding fast to the righteous of his people. Same with Isaiah 42. Uh, there's a picture of this passionate mother crying out in labor. And again, it's not, it's not humorous. It's, it's a picture of the passion that mothers have. Right? Not only in the birthing process, but like once you've done that for the children that you have. And this is the picture that God embodies perfectly. Right? He's completely passionate about all of us. He loves us. He'll do anything for us. Didn't spare his own son for us. Some mothers are passionate about their children. And then under this umbrella of compassion, mothers are patient and forgiving. This is, again, the description that you get of God in, in Exodus 34. The Lord is compassionate, merciful, and gracious. Mothers are this way, right? They're gentle, they're nurturing, they're caring. There's a reason why uh, I believe 75% of healthcare workers and teachers are women, right? God made them that way. Not to say that men cannot be this, and not to say that women have to be this in some specific way. I'm not making stereotypes, but there's a reason why that exists. Right? They're, they're gifted and called and good. God made them that way. It's wonderful. And again, we see this in the heart of God. He's slow to anger, merciful, compassionate. So mothers are, they show compassion for their children. Number three. Mothers give comfort, right? Like God, mothers comfort their, their children. And you can think of this in a, in a couple different ways. One is that mothers bring uh, reassurance in pain. Mothers bring reassurance in pain. 
Mothers are the ones that you call when you scrape your knee, when, you, when a friend hurts your feelings, when you had a really bad day at work, or when you yourself are struggling as a parent, right? Moms who you want to talk to. My children know this. This literally happened last night. They have a bad dream. Who do they call for? Mom. Now, my children are nine and seven. I've been trying for nine years to go in there and help them. They don't call for me still, right? <laughs> Last night, mom, mom, I went in both times, just I'm trying to, you know, Mother's Day, right? <laughs> but there was a time, it's getting better, there was a time where I would go in there and they would literally say, not you, <laughs> like out loud. Because that, they didn't want me. But like weeping, like, not you, you know. Um, it's better now. They're like, they kind of just internally sigh, I think. Like, okay. Um, they're hardwired to know that when they cry out for their mom, she'll respond, right? There's a, a comfort that mothers bring that I just, I can't do, right? They do this thing when they run off the bus. Like, I think I get like one out of five days, they run in my direction generally, but they run to, to mom, right? She is the one that brings comfort. Um, Isaiah 66 gives a, a really wonderful picture of this. This is Israel after exile coming back and realizing everything's still destroyed and they're trying to pick up their lives. They're weary and tired. Listen to this picture of comfort that uh, God embodies, but he uses again motherly terms. It says, Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy, all you who mourn over her that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breasts, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious abundance. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. You shall nurse, you shall be carried upon her hip, and bounced upon her knees. As one uh, whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see, and your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like the grass, and the hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants, and shall show his indignation against his enemies. Now you see that an, a literal picture of what mothers do. They have a child on their hip, they're bouncing them, comforting them, their presence, there's physical touch. Right? But that's, that's what mothers are called to, but that's found in the heart of God. That's what he literally says, I'm going to do for you, my children in Israel. And it's, and it's bringing it in a time where they're weary and tired and beaten down and hopeless. So mothers bring reassurance and pain. Mothers also take on suffering to provide relief. Right? Mothers lean into tough situations. They bear burdens with and for their children in order to care for them. And they have this innate ability to sense the hearts of their children and step in at their own expense. Right? This is the one that's going to get me, so just so you know. Um, there is there's just a listening and, a, and a, a feeling that mothers can get, again, on your level to understand. Um, oftentimes, when my children are sharing things with me, I'm sitting there thinking, like, how can I fix this problem? Right? They're like, well, Dad, this kid was mean to me. And I'm like, all right, we'll just we'll beat him up. Like, let's, let's figure out what do we need to do, Right? But moms don't do that, right? They're like, they, they think from your perspective. How are you feeling? What are you thinking about that? What's going on in your heart? 
but oftentimes it's at their own expense because they're bearing that burden with you, right? It's easy to fix a problem because I don't really have to enter into it, right? And you see this um, in Luke 2. This is where uh, Jesus is a, a child, baby child, in the temple, um, and Simeon is pronouncing this blessing, and he's talking to Mary, and he says something really weird. Just imagine if, you're, <laughs> imagine if you have a child, and you bring it to get it like dedicated at church, and then somebody says this to you, okay? This is context. It says, Behold, this child is appointed, this is Jesus, for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And he says to Mary, And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Right, but that's what she's entering into as a mom of Christ. And you think, oh, we'll get to this, but like all the way to the end, she had to watch her son get crucified for the sins of the world. Right? Like this is what it means to be a mother. Right? You're entering into all of those things. It's sometimes very emotional, sometimes very soul-crushing. Right? There, and there's good and bad examples of that too. Right? Proverbs 10.1 says that uh, a foolish son brings sorrow to a mother. Right? They have to enter into those things too and see their children make mistakes and fail and reject them and be rude and mean. And they continue to bring comfort. They continue to bear burdens of their children because this is what God does for us. And again, this is the one that's going to get me. Here we go. Uh, And we see, again, a really wonderful picture of the comfort that God brings at his own expense, obviously through Christ's giving of himself, right? But there's a, a unique picture of that in John 19. He's being crucified his mother's in front of him, and he says, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple that was near him, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took uh, her to his own home. He's dying, and he looks to his mother to care for her. Right? Like This is what mothers do. They're willing to Give of themselves knowing it's going to hurt. They're fixated on the good of you as their children, right? They're willing to do that. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But they do that because that's what God does all the time, completely, perfectly. Right? Comfort. We did it. Last one is connected. Right? Mothers are deeply connected to their children. There's two ways to think about this. Mothers have a bond, a special bond with their children. Right? They carry them for nine months. Right? I did some research on this. It's fun. Does anyone know the longest gestational period for, I guess, a mammal? It's an elephant. It's 22 months. Whoa. That's a long time. And they come out blind. What? Like you figured, figured they would be all the way done. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not God. Um, but they carry them for nine months. Imagine the connection. Imagine the bond. There's a lot of studies that show that children, infants, can sense their mother by their smell and by their voice because they were there for that long of a period of time. It's incredible. I don't, I mean, I don't think I could do that for anything now. I sense them by, I don't know. I don't know. But they've carried them. There's a deep physical and emotional connection that mothers have with their children. It's powerful. It's mysterious. But also, it's, I will never understand that, ever. I have a great, deep connection with my children, but not like that, right? 
It's wonderful and mysterious, but it's evident, it's real. It's not something we're just making up and saying. There's a powerful knowing that mothers have of their children, and we see this again in the heart and character of God in Psalm 139. I'd encourage you to read all of it. I'm not going to read all of it. But there's, a, there's the part that we understand with the connection between mother and child, right? In verse 13, it says, For you know my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Right? This idea of being knitted together, woven intricately right, with our mother. We, we get that connection there physically, emotionally, spiritually. But then in that entire psalm, there's almost a deeper, <laughs> a deeper understanding of God's knowing of us. Right? There's so many different things he says in there, like, um, you know my thoughts from afar, you know when I sit up and when I, I sit down. You know my words before they're on my lips. Where can I go to get away from you? There's this proximity, this presence, this deep knowledge that God has for us as his children. And he sort of overlays it with the, the understanding that we have with our mothers. And then mothers don't forget their children. I thought of this in, in um, again, black and white men. And then I think of my wife um, brings color into the world. When we're on date night, sometimes I'm just like, can we just not talk about the kids for a little bit? And she's like, no. I remember like, can we just forget about them? No. Or sometimes like we're out or we're on like a weekend away and she's like, wonder how their kids are doing. And I'm like, who? I don't <laughs> I don't know who those are. But there's a, there's a, a posture mothers have for their children. Right? They're always turned toward them. They're always ready to respond. They're always compassionate and gracious. There's, there's times where, like, I'm going to be honest, my kids are rude, and that's weird because one of them's here listening. Um, but <laughs> sorry, buddy, I'm rude too. I'm with you. Um, but I'm just kind of like, no, I think I'm done. I think I'm done today. She doesn't do that. Moms don't do that. There's, a, there's a, just a greater compassionate connectedness that they have. They don't forget their children. They don't give up on them. They don't move past them. They don't stop forgiving them and responding to them. There's just always a turning towards their children. And we, again, we see this, and I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but we see this in a picture of, of fully, completely, perfectly who God is. This is Isaiah 49. It says, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. In verse 15, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will never forget you. So if this is how mothers are, how much more are our Heavenly Father never forget us? Right? Always have a posture turned towards us, always ready to respond with love and compassion and mercy and forgiveness. So mothers, like God, create, have compassion, bring comfort, and are connected. And again, I started with this, but why do I tell you this? Because this is really helpful for me, so again, I hope this is helpful for you. Obviously, it's Mother's Day, so we want to honor and remember and encourage all the mothers around us. So yes, that's one reason. But the other, again, is regardless if you're a mother or not, right, to understand that the callings God's given us, whether you're a son or a daughter or an employee or a church member or a, you know, a CEO or a, an attorney, 
a government contractor, whatever, callings God's given us are not just arbitrary. He's given them to us, and he has perfectly embodied them for us. And so his power is made perfect in our weakness. Sometimes I think we just have to do it perfectly. I struggle with this so much as, as a dad. I go to bed at night, and I sort of self-assess, and I'm like, well, I didn't do very good today. Right? But the calling God didn't give it to smush us. It's to point to the fact that he is perfect. He has embodied all of those things. He is at work in us as we have faith in him to see those things worked out. But even in our weakness, even in our, our, our falling short, we're pointing to a God who's perfect in all of those things. Right? And so I did want to encourage moms. It's a high calling. It's a heavy one. But God has called you to it. But your calling as a mother is found in the heart of God. And then, and then I don't mean this as a cop-out, but um, some of us are missing our mothers. Some of us had difficult relationships with our mothers. And um, again, sin is present in the world that's caused that, but we also can look to where that calling came from in the heart of God too. Right? And some of us struggle with calling. I do. Sometimes they're just like, hey, this is something I should be that I don't really want to be. Or I have a really hard time being. And I also am hopeful because God calls me to that and he gives me what I need as I cling to him in faith. And motherhood is seen and found in the heart of God. God sees you, moms. Right? He loves you. And, and everything that he's called you to, he is. And he will give you as you cling to him. I hope you know, moms, that we love you and we are so thankful for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day where we get to remember um, remember the moms in our lives. We get to honor them, encourage them, um, and just be thankful. Uh, but we also remember, God, that even... Um, in the midst of a broken world, we can look to you who's given them the calling of motherhood because you embody all these things perfectly. Right, God, you are the creator of all things. You are the most compassionate, abounding in love and mercy, steadfast and faithful always. You bring complete comfort and when we are hurting, when we are suffering. And you are the one that is ever-present and faithful to us. You stay connected to us. You never leave us nor forsake us. So we thank you for that picture. We thank you for the, all the callings that we have in our lives, that we can look to you. That you are with us. That you give us what we need. We're weak. We struggle. We succeed and fail oftentimes in the same moment but we can look to you who uh, is at work in us by the power of your spirit to, to give us life, to make us new, to sanctify us, to help us to walk out the calling you've given us. And we also can still remember and find hope in that we don't have to be perfect because you are perfect for us. So we pray that you'd encourage all the families in our church, pray that you'd encourage the mothers that are here, help them to know that uh, we love them and that ultimately they are perfectly and completely loved by you. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.